You're listening to a DM podcast. Hey, we are back in the football shed, the podcast for football fans that live in the wrong time zone. My name's John Hewitt, and Jeff King is here. G'day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. And Rog, you've drunk one of your beers already. I know. How can you drink one of your two beers for the pod before the pod starts? I feel well, like... We're a bit late starting, John. Yes. I'm not just going to sit there and not drink a beer. I've got some warm gin in the cupboard if you want to just get <laughs> swigging on some gin. Some straight gin. Yeah. No, no, I'll just nurse my um, snooble juice. Nurse <laughs> 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 your what? You had one of these a few weeks ago. Yeah, I did. Well, it's because this one's a bit... My first one, which is uh, Willie the Boatman, uh, (laughs) unusual edition, Rise and Shine, Oat Cream Breakfast IPA, is quite strong. So I had to get a a fairly weak second beer. Sorry, one minute. Willie the Boatman. (laughs) No, no, no. What the fuck is oat cream? How do you cream an oat? that's... Oats are quite creamy. This is where this is where the hazy hazy IPAs and all the oatmeal IPAs and stuff come from. It's the oat cream. Jesus, Willie the Boatman, rise and shine. Yeah, like someone's got to be sat there taking the piss when they make. Of course, the whole, the whole thing's a sham. The whole thing's a sham. There's only one way you can go. It's only got to get more extreme. Or but else. they, but well, no, but they have they got to taste good, Jeff. They none of them do though. What well, are you talking do. about? That's that's the that's. The well, it, it, it tastes like. Bloody porridge. Is no, that, is that nice. oat cream? No. <laughs> you put honey in it. Chef. Nuts on top. And what's the other one? Schnubel juice. Schnubel juice. Of yeah. course it is. Yeah. Schnubel juice. Of course it is. Um, <laughs> gluten <laughs> free. <laughs> oh, gluten free. Of course. Yeah, that makes it healthy, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> um, Jeff, what did you bring? Waka Jaggy! Waka Jaggy! Your favourite beer. Oh, you're becoming a bit um, too it's predictable. Boring, isn't it? It's yeah, boring. We've get, got this whole section. Come on, John he, and I he, John's got the bloody boring job. We would be lost without you, Roger. Yeah. Um, I, well, actually, I bought Audi wine, but slightly different Audi wine. It's six ninety nine rather than five. Wow. Yes. That's one of the wines that they gave you to try this year, isn't it? No, it's slightly different. Okay, that's not one of the wines that they gave you this year. It's slightly different. Yeah. But, um, uh, were they sold out of? Yeah, they were sold out. El Toro I think Macho. a cold weekend in Melbourne means that everyone buys the Audi five dollar wine. <laughs> so sold out. By cold, you mean twenty degrees. Yeah, for those for those <laughs> yeah. in the United States right now who <laughs> are living through yeah, the end of the world. Oh, cold weekend didn't get above twenty two. Um, right, every week we start with a question, but before we do that, if you want to get involved in the football shed community, just head to our Facebook group, Shedders and Volleys, um, to talk nonsense about football. There was a good question on the Shedders and Volleys group this morning uh, about the four red cards that were this morning, and whether there was been two red cards in two separate games on the same game day ever before. And what's the answer? Has there been? Don't know. I had a look. Spoiler alert, that happened today. Yeah, but (laughs) previous to today. Um, But no, I don't know the answer. Um, But yeah, jump onto Shedders and Volleys. um, And if you're like Roger, you can send an email to footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Do we get any emails this week? Uh, I got one, but it wasn't anything to do with Football Shed. I think they were trying to sell me something. Oh, did so, you buy it? No. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, stop that then. Um, <laughs> the question this week is about the transfer window. The French one? Is that what, the French one? No. The, 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 what? Well, why do you call it Le Transfer Window? <laughs> I couldn't get my words out. Le Transfer. So in Le Transfer Window... <laughs> The bottom four clubs in the Premier League. The bottom four. <laughs> in the Premier League. Le, in uh. Le, uh. <laughs> right. The bottom four clubs. <laughs> I can't talk now. 
in the Premier League last season spent 40 million on players in January. So the bottom four clubs. You have to say all that again. The bottom four clubs, this, this year's bottom four clubs. Last season. Their bottom four, last season. Spent £40 million pounds on players. Yes. How Zero. Many, how much did this year's bottom four spend in January? Mm. It's just loans, wasn't it? Well. Uh, Fulham got Josh Major on loan from Bordeaux. Maybe there was a loan fee. Bordeaux. Um, Bordeaux. <laughs> Love Bordeaux. Uh, I can't believe... Did a transfer window go by without Big Sam bringing anyone in? Surely no, not. No, no, no. He bought... Um, Surely he had some deals. Bought someone, didn't he? Someone who's too good for them. I remember seeing that. I was like, good on you, Big yeah. Sam. Went for about 106 players. Uh, um, answer <laughs> is 5 million. That's pretty close. 6 million. I'm surprised it's that much. Like, really? Yeah, on who? Like, who were these players? Like, <laughs> like, I was watching Deadline Day and there was literally nobody. It is the most underwhelming transfer window of all time. Yeah. No, 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 I disagree. I think there were some highlights. Some oh. highlights. Before jo- you finish your, your question, John. Firstly, is it, Joshua does King. It, does it have a, a, a certain uh, connection or a link to you, Jeff? No, 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 no. It's, no? It's, it's, it's the opposite. So David Nugent left Preston and went to, was it Tranmere? Yes. David Nugent. Yeah, 35 years old, David Nugent. The Nugent is still around playing football. I mean, that was a highlight of my day. I feel day. like he was old when he came on the scene. Yeah. Se- second highlight of my day. So so is there a term for second highlight? The next light. Yeah. Highlight, medium light. The medium light yeah. was Sean, <laughs> Wright, Sean Wright Phillips' kid. <laughs> yes, you that's see amazing. That? Oh, that was not a highlight. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, felt, I saw that and I was like, fuck, I am old. We like, literally, this, is, this is not just the son. This is the son's son. I'm like, this is bad. We watched his granddad play football and loved it. <laughs> Like that is so fucked. Yeah, I was just working out which brother. I was like, he's got a lot of brothers. Doesn't There's he, no Sean Wright? <laughs> he's got a lot of, I know Ian, Ian Wright was uh, he enjoyed himself in his youth, but Jesus, and they're like, no, it's his kid. Yeah, grandson. Wow. My my favourite bit of the transfer window was that Watford signed uh, Burkamp and Pochettino. Yes. So they bought Dennis Burkamp's son, solid, and Mauricio Pochettino's son on loan from Spurs. Do you know what Maurizio's Pochettino's son's first name is? Maurizio. But with a Z. Oh, is that the only difference? Yeah, which is essentially... That's a, a bit like, weird. No, it's not weird, because I disagree with that. I okay. think that if you're Maurizio Pochettino, Pochettino, Maurizio <laughs> Pochettino, your whole life you've been like, oh, I wish my name had a Z in it. That would be so much cooler. I've got a son. I, t- I tell you what, we can solve all of the ills of the past, and there he is, Maurizio. No, it always troubles me a bit when you get it's a very like um, you know well-to-do English thing of like generations of them calling the you know the sons after the sons after the, the sons. sons. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, but change the spelling. Off. Give them a ne- give them their own name. It's like me calling my kid Jeff King, but with a G G E O F F King. They should have done that. <laughs> Maybe I should. Yeah, yeah. I should have. Is it yeah, too late? Can yeah. I re- can I rename a child? Um, did you think it's weird? I didn't realise Maurizio Pochettino's son was still at Spurs. That's got to be awkward when your yeah, dad gets fired bit. and you just sat around going, "Oh, who's this Jose bloke?" Is yeah. Dennis Burkamp's son good? He's got to be. It's, 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 be so <laughs> disappointing if he's not. It's the same like, as Burkamp. I'd be a bit devastated if his you know yeah. son plays football, but isn't any good. He'll have a career just because of that. You like yeah. you you'd, like, you'd always give it a punt, wouldn't you? It'd be great if he was a massive centre back. Like just a, like lump. a big lump. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so um, let's get on to the football. Wow. So I'm going to start as a Man United fi- fan on a 9 0 win this morning. Um, 
Now, I messaged you both this morning. In morning routine, you get up and you watch the football, but you also have to walk the dog or have a shower or whatever. I missed seven of the nine goals. Oh, God, John. How can you miss seven out of the nine goals? I do, after watching you sit up on so many nights until the wee small hours, watching Van Gaal's United, Mourinho's United, Moyes United for nil-nil, I do actually feel for you a little bit that you missed seven of the nine goals. I I did love getting a text from you this morning, John, saying, oh, I've missed all four of these goals. And I was like, look, actually, it's five, John. And you're like, fucking hell. (laughs) Six. (laughs) Seven. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I've got to say, Southampton did not deserve to lose 9-0 it all went wrong at this there's two incidents in the second half they're 4-0 down they come out and Shea Adams scores a goal and it's ruled off by VAR for bee stick yes not even a bee stick (laughs) (laughs) what's a smaller than a bee a fly stick (laughs) a flea flea pee pee (laughs) and um which was ridiculous and then that obviously killed any enthusiasm from Southampton we go up the other end and Martial, like we've scored again before this, but Martial just falls over and they send the guy off and give a penalty for it. And Mike Dean goes and looks at it on the screen and still says, oh yeah, that's a red card. It's a dive. I cannot. So you're saying it should have been 8-1? Yes. So they didn't didn't deserve 9-0, they deserved 8-1. Well, I I cannot, maybe we'll get onto it. I don't know if you want to talk about it now, but I cannot, the whole thing about that, I cannot fathom is Dean went and looked yeah, on the screen, and he watched it again, and he's like, "No, I'm going to back myself in here. That's still a penalty." I'm like, "What planet are you on?" Well, as soon as I saw him go over to the screen, I thought, "Okay, this gets because what happens when they go over to the screen is they turn it over because the VR's seen something and gone. We reckon we should check this. Check it. Oh yeah, I got it wrong. Change it." Mike Dean, being the unique character that he is, has obviously gone over and just gone. No, I'm right. like Martial. I feel like he'd made his mind up before he went and looked at the screen. Yeah. Like he was like, I am not. And that's that's why I don't rate him as a referee because he's got this like schoolmaster approach. Yeah. I think the best referee, you can do that if you're Kalina because you don't get things wrong. Yeah. And the players respect Kalina because, because he's good at his job. And whilst he was really angry, he would also talk to the players on their level. And he'd get it right. And he'd get it right. But I don't, what I've always struggled with with Mike Dean, he can't talk to the players no. the communication's crap he just goes with I'm the referee I'm right I'm you know this is my job and I'm doing this and I say it's a penalty yeah. so it's a penalty right. yeah. And uh, but he did get the first red card right so the first what was that yeah that was an ugly ugly challenge yeah That's... I watched it was one of those ones where you see it and then immediately you go oh yeah. but then I was like was it four minutes in no two it, minutes in two minutes one minute like, well, and then, do you know this? The guy um, has been struggling to get in. Uh, sorry, his name escapes me. Yeah, um, Jankowski. Jankowskiwitz. Um He's been struggling to get in the team, um, and there's been you know there's a bit of talk he was going to go in in January, and apparently he's a bit unhappy about not getting a game. Don't do that and if like, you get a game. That <laughs> is not what you do when you get like if there was ever something you show about what you don't do when you get yeah. your opportunity. That like you might be enthusiastic, but that was a horrible challenge. It was, it was, it was red ugly. card every day of the week. Can, it, can like, this is Mike Dean's dream, really? Because Man United have won nine nil, and the first thing we're talking about is Mike Dean. No, you're like, right. He is the headline act of a nine nil victory, and VAR is as well, which is a real shame, really, because it should be nine nil, amazing. But there's also part of me. Yes, I'm a Man United fan, but having watched Southampton lose nine nil about a year ago, eighteen months ago. And I really like Hassan Hootal. 
I feel a bit bad for them. And I was it enjoy... a 9-0? Like, United were completely was... ruthless. But we were was... very good in the first half. I didn't see the goals, but I missed, but we were... <laughs> missed the goal. But we were very good, and we deserved to be ahead, and were ruthless. Um, but you could see Southampton gave up after mm, the... Yeah. Um, Just the fight went out of them. Yeah, the fight went out of them, and it, they all gave up. And I think something that Oli, for his good bits and bad bits, or whatever, whether it's all luck... He does believe in the just keep attacking. So he doesn't mm. care that he's not going to go, we're 5-0 up, let's save energy, let's relax. He's just like, just keep going, get as many as you can. And goal difference will play a part maybe later in the year. So I, was, I, I wonder with the, sorry, just the Southampton giving up, I think there's probably a COVID and empty ground factor yeah. and stuff there as well. Like it's, you know, you can switch off. Your fans aren't there and you're, you know, and you're, you, the sort of fight comes out of you a bit. I think normally, if the fans are in there and there's there's more incentive and there's you're naturally going to be a bit more passionate about it because there's that atmosphere. Yeah, you can't whereas, hide. You're right. Whereas, yeah, if it's a training, you know, you see it in friendly preseason friendlies all the time, and you get these stupid score lines. And yeah. so I think there's an element of it's all it's like a perfect storm. But I just feel like it's Southampton. This happened to them in very recent memory. Like teams don't lose nine nil very often. No. And they've lost four in a row now. And before those four games, we were talking about Hassan Hootel maybe taking over from Frank Lampard at Chelsea. Now you wouldn't ever go, oh yeah, Hassan Hootel, he'll be Chelsea coach. Uh, he doesn't become a bad coach. No, I agree. Because of, because of four games. Uh, I, and he, his players should be ashamed of themselves. Not because not they conceded nine goals. You, you, I mean, sorry, take that back. Yes, when you concede nine goals, that's bad. Yeah. But the... The work rate that they put in towards the end of this game, you know, those last three or four goals, I can't remember, it was all like after the 80th minute, you know. Yes. Yeah. And they're just the seas parted, you had Man United players just standing there, six yards out, waiting to get the ball, just tuck it in, taking turns, taking yeah. pot shots. You're like, there is zero fight left. And Roger, you're right. If it was a, an environment where where the fans were getting down your throat, you just you wouldn't let it happen. You, you wouldn't have any kind of professional dignity to let it happen. But still, the fact that it happened, that I don't think that's Hassenhul's. You, you know, no matter how much you shout on the sideline, you can't account for that. No, no, it's completely. So it's, it's it's less of a poor result than against Leicester when it happened last time. They were disorganised. They. You know, that, that Leicester game 18 months ago, or whenever it was, two, two years ago, 18 months ago, uh, they were a shadow of the side they are now. This time, they just gave up. I, I, I think there's also an element of, we saw it in the Spurs game earlier this year. I mean, that that was the high line. I don't know if this game was the high line, but uh, it's fine margins in the way that Hasnut or sets his teams up. And yeah. if it is a little bit off, it can go Wrong. Really wrong. Yeah. yeah. If it goes wrong, it goes really wrong. Um, which game do you want to go on to next? From can can we? Well, I'd like to. Let's go to the Arsenal game yep. by way More of more cards by way of a VAR segue. As yeah, well. go on. So I just would like like I don't want to talk about it for too long, but I just found this interesting because there's been lots of talk about these two games, obviously because yeah. the red cards, and then uh, v- well, no, it's not it's not really a VAR issue, I suppose. It's it's just the decisions that were made in terms of we had in both games a penalty was given, and the player was sent off. Yes, yeah, so um, the double whammy, double jeopardy yeah. rule, and and so the which I think came in sort of 2015-16 So it was to stop what yeah they call the triple whammy of yeah. a suspension. Um, a sending off and a goal. Yeah. Um, but a lot of pundits came out after this, this game and were, you know, were outraged because they 
thought that um, that rule should have applied. And in the interest that the rule only applies the double jeopardy rule. So is which is a player. Talk me, talk me through the rule. Raj. A player cannot be sent off for a foul that gives away a penalty if they're perceived by the referee to have made a genuine attempt for the ball. So if they've tried, so, unless to... it's, so it's unsporting behaviour, they can be sent off. But if if it's just yeah. a mistimed challenge, they they're advised to not send them off. That's right. Only a yellow card. <clears throat> because they just they're being punished already. Yeah, because yeah. often I mean I think the scenarios were often it was a keeper, and so the keeper comes out a bit late, takes the player down, keeps it off. Like that. Yeah. So, so they're trying to yeah, avoid yeah. that incident. But in this, both these instances with Martial and then um, and Bederek was the Southampton player who got yes. sent off for yeah. the, the supposed pull on the shoulder, which I don't believe was there, um, and then also the David Luis. Um, mm one was that uh they didn't make a genuine attempt for the ball and so because of that they could still get sent off so that was the decision the referee made now this is where the rule gets a little bit ridiculous because if they would have actually done a worse foul they would have stayed on scythe them down so if david Luiz comes in and just absolutely scythes them down from the back but is trying to get to the ball then they couldn't have gone sent off couldn't have got sent off but because his knee just clips it clips him on the way through. Clips him on the way through. It's basically don't you could be him sent up off. So, so the ball. actually, yeah. I I think in, with the Martial one, the decision's wrong because he dived. It's not a foul. It's not a penalty. But I actually think with in the left by the letter of the law, the Luis one is right. And I mm. think interestingly, I, I can't well, even his, see where he touched him. Well, it's his, I watched it about ten times. I'm his like, his, what's his going knee on? clips the um the the Wolves player's foot. Now I now you could say it's a coming together, but my personal view in that opinion is Luis has been a bit clumsy. If you are the defender and you're chasing a player inside the box, you have a duty of care to not not, touch not try and trip that player up. Like it's your job, and if the legs get tangled, that is always going to be on you as a defender. And I think that's a mistake that Luis has made throughout his career. So I actually think in that that specific instant. I think it was a penalty, and because of the rule doesn't apply, he's denied a clear goal scoring opportunity. If it's a foul, you know it's a penalty. He's denied a clear goal scoring opportunity. Therefore, the ref has to send him off. Yeah, wow. Well, okay, that's my. I mean, people might say I, it wasn't even a foul, but it just feels like I, I barely saw a foul in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've struggled to see where the foul is in there, and and I've seen it from angle after angle. I just don't see. Yeah. How David Luiz brought that bloke down. And I don't know if it sits right with the fact that that can happen, but if he completely yeah, yeah. sides him down, it's well, only it a yellow card. Right. Like, if, if what weird. you say is true, you're right, that's yeah. an inconsistency. Yeah. Um, and, and it's very rare that I'll stand up for David Luiz, especially on whether he was being clumsy or not. Usually, you know, that's a given, right, move on. Yeah. But in this instance, I just don't believe that was a sending off. And then the second sending off in that game, Leno, complete brain fart. From the goalkeeper, yeah, he just it, lost his head. It's coming out, like, and, and you can see like, it was last minute. Like, he was like, bother, "Oh shit! Bother. Oh shit! I've got my arm out already." Okay, I'll put my arm in front of my chest, and it's like, "Oh no, you've you've He's messed this up, gone, kid." Yeah, yeah. Um, and that means Matt Ryan will go and goal for Arsenal. He was just signed for well, Brighton. There you go. Yeah, oh, so, very uh, good. So it's, I, it's um. I mean, obviously, Wolves got a win, which is big for them. Matinho's goal was pretty, oh, what a goal. pretty special. Mm. Um, He's got and that in his locker, doesn't he? Jow, he's got it, got it in his locker. <laughs> but I don't think Arsenal should be too disheartened because no. they played 
quite well. And I, I thought, thought and uh, Pepe like, is looking good again. Saka missed a couple of chances. Yeah, his, his, his I'm finish still was a bit good. unsure. His finish was good. He stumbled together a bit, but the game at the weekend. Yes, the nil nil against Man United. Yeah, they, he was really good. His stepovers. Oh, amazing! I'm, like, as far as I'm concerned, I want more stepovers in football. I used to love Pat Ronaldo, <laughs> and one of the reasons for that is because he was the best at stepovers. No one does it, and I love it. And I thought oh, that was my favourite moment in that Man United game. Yeah, he, he did, did about forty five, about seventeen stepovers. <laughs> this is great. Where has this been? Um, and, but they, I thought they played quite well in that Man United game. I think Arsenal probably should have won, and I thought they played quite well this morning in the Wolves game. So I don't. Although you know, all of a sudden it's only one point from two, and their unbeaten run has ended. I would still be feeling fairly optimistic. I think it's a nice They game. play Aston Villa at the weekend. Um, Should be a good game. That'd be a really good game. Definitely worth watching. Um, I want to talk about Sheffield United, who won this morning. Um, they beat West Brom 2-1. And I'm going to say I think they're back in it with only being 10 points off safety. Back, so in, back in what? Back in the race to not get relegated. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm going to do want to make clear. Back in not finishing bottom or back in possibly being safe? I think they can be safe. Well, is that now three wins in five? Or three I wins in so. six? I think so. And they won a couple in the cup as well. So they've got momentum. Um, they beat Man United in the middle of last week. And then they lost... Did they lose at the week? They lost 1-0 to Man City. which mm. yeah. And they performed and they did pretty which, well um, Pep came out and said that was the toughest game they played yeah. in the year and I oh like, but that's just I know the most very condescending <laughs> fucking pile it's of just, stripes it's typical Pep but it's, they did they were hard to beat and that's why just everyone jizzes all over Pep because it's like if, if you're if you're a sorry so like, noble like if you're a, yeah that's it if you're a poor quality manager he does yeah. it in the cup every time every time he plays yeah. like Luton Town like, goes, oh, the best team. I'm just looking forward to meeting the Luton Town manager I just love his his, his tactical nous and you're like oh Pep you just you condescending piece of shit just like <laughs> let, let everyone else have a turn yeah. it's not fair do but, the same to Sheffield United do you reckon Sheffield United can stay up still no, definitely not. Because I don't mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not only are they ten points behind, but Brighton have started looking good. Newcastle have started looking like fucking Barcelona, and Burnley are looking good. So, really, it's unfortunate that they're picking up points at a time where those three in the places that are safe are also picking up points. So they're Newcastle making progress. Crack this morning. They were good for five minutes at the start and then lost to Palace. And they if you were, lose to Palace, they were much better against Everton. Yes. I watched most of that game and Newcastle were genuinely quite good. After um, us, well, particularly Jeff, but me as well, giving Callum Wilson a bit of shit um, on last week's pod, he was excellent against Everton. He was like, really, really good. Really, really good. Like all action. Display. I did enjoy the fact that last week we gave him so much shit and then this week we and it was really good. good. No, no. If you remember at the end of it, I said, I've got to defend Newcastle. I've watched a lot of them in the last 20 minutes of that game, the previous week something yeah. clicked yeah. so it was it, but no Callum Wilson you gave a hard time oh yeah of course because he's, he's a spade isn't he he's, <laughs> like, I mean he's got spades for feet that's what I think um, but Newcastle were good in the last 20 minutes of that game and, and suddenly against Everton they, they played like world beaters and Everton didn't show up no, I know we were scattergunning around games a little bit. I don't want to talk too much about Everton because you know me. I don't like to talk no, about well, Everton no, when we don't pause, win. We'll pause now but, um, on Everton for a little bit. Well, um, about to finish on Sheffield United though to okay. answer your question. I I want to say yes. I want to disagree with Jeff, but yes. we, we we touched on this a few weeks ago. In the, what did we say? Twenty nine points will keep you up. Yeah, Maybe, which I think is going to be more now. You think it's going to be more? But I just feel that, as Jeff said, with. The, I mean, the Newcastle Palace game was almost like the, um, you know, whoever wins that is 
probably can be discounted from the relegation conversation battle. Um, but I, you know, Newcastle probably need two, three wins to be yep. safe. And, and, yeah, they're, and they're one of the closest teams to the bottom three. And I just think when you break it down to that, that just outlines the challenge that Sheffield United have. But I just think that Sheffield United, the first half of last season, they were so good. And fundamentally, it's the same team. And if they put a run together, which is top six form for the second half of the season, they stay up. And yep. they have the ability to do top six form. They did it the first half of last season. And then they were pretty crap after we came out of lockdown. They've been crap the first half of this season. They get it right the second half. And I just think... I agree with you on Ramsdale, by the way. He's crap. Every time I watch him, he's entirely unconvincing. Yeah, he's a disaster zone. But I think they're getting it right. They've got a consistency of team playing again they're playing the older guys which I think smart flex back my favourite player <laughs> <laughs> well um, I mean I'd love to see it but I, I if you push me I'd say no <laughs> okay Jeff go Evan. on what were you going to say about Evan well, well they were crap this week do you want to talk about this week they were yeah, really I, they were really bad I think it's, it's, it's fair that we pull it apart a little bit um, now I think Everton have got to get used to being better than they used to be. Yeah. Uh, let me explain right. So, so Everton now, I would argue, have the the highest quality of player that Everton have had in our modern history. Uh, I, I think that the the average is has improved. We got into a phase, you know, Ronald Koeman, where where it decreased versus the height of Moyes. Oh, but, but but I think, think, yeah, higher. Like I think you know. Uh, Graveson went from Everton to Real Madrid. Like I think that that team was was no. you know Kale is peak Graveson. Yeah, it was it was good, Gars. but it was limited in quality. It was it was a hard working side that was functional. Mm. It was exciting, but you know Everton won one nil most of the time during those seasons, um, or lost by a lot. Remember when Everton finished in the Champions League spot in fourth? They had a minus goal difference. Yeah. So, so it crazy. was it was a very well organised side, but it wasn't gifted. Yeah. You know, the Everton side right now is full of very gifted players. When you when you look at Luca Dina, James Rodriguez, I'm not even going to say Alex Awobi, uh, Richarlison, Calvert Lewin, like they're very 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 good players. But Everton are not used to realising that even though your quality has increased, you still have to work your socks off. And what Newcastle did was they they outworked, they they outmuscled. They out-desired Everton. And we thought we could go into that game and be better. And just, we're the better side. We, as long as we get composed and we play our football and we keep the ball, we'll create chances. And actually, it was the opposite. They, they, they kept the ball. They had possession. They had shots. But didn't carve out anything of any significance. And actually, the, the things that you look at and think that is just a disgrace were things like throw-ins, right? Every time Newcastle had a throw-in, they had two or three options. Now that's normal, really. When you have a throw-in, you know one one player is cutting short, one player is mm. going long. But we weren't challenging any of those players who were cutting short and going long. When Everton had a throw-in, there were no options, and you're like, we're not even putting pressure under them on throw-ins or allowing them to get the ball into open play. It was the it was the same for second balls, the same for you know goal kicks. Everton were not putting pressure in the park where where they should have, and because of that, it was inevitable that. Newcastle, though, are not as skillful or talented a side, a group of footballers as Everton. They they won that game fair and square. Is Josh King going to solve all your problems? Josh King is not going to solve our problems. The, 
No, however, okay, okay. However, Go look on. at the bench on on uh, the Everton Newcastle game. There were no options, absolutely no options. So, so Bernard was rested because there was a chance he was going to move out to the Middle East, which that move fell through. There were just there was no one who could come on and make a difference. You which need is, you need more squad depth, and I think as a minimum, King does that. Agree, I do agree, and the fact that he can play, play front, left, right, centre, that's important, um, especially when you just need something different. I just and it's interesting the King move because it's six months, so there's no option to extend it. That six months that they bought him out of his contract essentially, six months at Everton, and if you perform, we'll give you we'll give you a contract. So so he's essentially in, in his own shop window for whether he gets a good deal. But when you we you know which is interesting because in the Championship you say he's had that and he just hasn't looked bothered this year. Like at his best when he's I mean it's hard to know, but he's had spells in the Premier League with Bournemouth when he's looked really good mm. when he's got on a roll I worry he might be one of these slightly flaky players that does have a spell I mean Bournemouth six have, weeks a, good, have six a reputation weeks for having a few yes. of these players but um, if if he can get to that I think you've done well because he you know he, he and he's like he's quick he does have something that you don't perhaps offer something different to um, you know, some of your other forward players mm. um, especially when Richarlison's not playing um, so you know, and and what are you, what are Everton losing from it? And it's interesting because he just maybe if this is his shot window, you would have thought it's a championship. But this year he hasn't scored a goal in the championship. So I think players would have that's been a good sign. Play, players would yeah. have been in for him if he. But I don't know if that's necessarily a sign of his quality or he just couldn't be asked. He could be asked yeah. in the championship. Yeah. The you know I will, we'll move we'll move off Everton, but I will praise Newcastle that they were very good. They were up for it. They knew they could get something. They continued their recent resurgence off the latter half of the game before. They deserved everything they got, and Everton really need to come to terms with the minimum in football is to try hard. You can't just go well. Hammers is playing. He'll create something. Everyone just you know fingers crossed and hope for the best. Um, on the weekend, Jeff, Everton play Man United, so it's me v you, 7am Sunday morning. Whoa. We come off the back of a 9-0 win, just well, saying. 1-0 well, Everton. 9-0. But the, what would be typical is if Everton lose in the morning against Leeds and yep. beat Manchester United. That is, that is such an Everton run of results. Yeah. I've got one Everton thing to say oh, go on. uh, from watching the Newcastle game as well. Yerry Mina. So crap. Absolute, but not just crap. He is a disgrace. I had a flashback to the um, Columbia game at the World Cup. And I don't mm. even remember, remember the Colombian players just throwing themselves to the ground all over yeah. the place. It was like, it was actually disgusting to watch yeah. for, in my yeah. mind. Mina in this game, I can't remember who the Newcastle player, I think it was Callum Wilson, but just gets the most minute brush <laughs> to the face. And he went down, but to the point... This is when I find it mo- it bothers me the most. And I know this isn't great radio, but I've just um I've got to get it off my chest. But he so he doesn't just go down, you know, and didn't get a free kick but went down. He then still he has to wait for the trainer to come on, get the ice pack. He's doing all these like yeah. big jaw movements. So like, and then you see it on the replay and I'm like just stop it, Eric. <laughs> just stop. Like this doesn't get better because you're making it go for longer. It gets worse. Everybody just thinks you're a knob. You're massive. That didn't hurt. Fuck off. <laughs> I have a question about that. If you like, if players go down and they're play acting, and then the physio comes on, do you reckon they say to the physio, 
I'm just faking, don't worry. Like, pretend. Or do they have to go, oh, yeah, my nose really hurts. Like, can you put something on my nose? Or I really... don't know. I would love to hear from a player to tell us. What, I, I almost think they now, they now say it hurts because it's got to the point where they almost, they believe the charade. Yeah. Like, it's it, it's ridiculous. Because I think otherwise, what are they doing? No, but it's just... not. Uh, let's, let's give them a bit of credit. Not a Yerry Mino, I agree with you. I watched that interaction and I had the same set of emotions watching it. I was like, get up. We were like, <laughs> yeah. we've just got to play this yeah. game of football. But you, you go down for a purpose, right? So if you are absorbing pressure, your team is under, you go down for a purpose. You give yourself a circuit breaker. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? You, you, you give your side a bit of a window to actually to, to pass messages onto the pitch to get your composure back. You know, if, if the physio's on trying to get cramp out from players, it's not just wasting time. It's changing the, the flow of the game intentionally. No, so that yes, used to be... I agree with you. And, and the magic sponge coming on, and, and that's part of that. And yeah. breaking the flow. I agree with you that that used to be what it was about. It's not about that now. <clears throat> this is an individual decision by a player. It's not about game awareness. That's not Yerry Mina being aware of, of the game. It's just, it's become a reaction. Like, it's about, um, I think it initially started with trying to get players sent off. But yeah, I don't even yeah. think it is that anymore. I now think it's become so ingrained in these players because we've let it become yeah. part of the game that they just... I don't think he necessarily thought about it that much. He just kind of did it. Yeah, it's just no, like but if, just... Someone, if, if someone from Southampton, right, you were getting tonked this morning. If halfway through that second half, when you were still getting tonked, you just went, oh, my knee. And you just <laughs> went down and you just took five minutes. And I, I get the, it's time wasting and it means it's five minutes, you yeah. know, put it on, whatever. But during that five minutes when you're getting treatment, the rest of your team is huddling around going, what the hell is happening here? Yeah. Yeah. And you have an opportunity to change the flow of the game. So there, there is, it is opportunistic, you know that. Oh, can't move off this game without saying, every week I will say it, John Joe Shelby is a prick. Uh, yep. Yeah, Did you, you watch this game in full, Rog? Did, what do you think of John Joe Shelby? I he scored a really good goal this morning. Yeah, but he's but then he also so um, spanked two over the bar yeah. that were quite greedy. I just ah, oh. I love him because he's hateable. He's, yeah, he, and he's, he's like he's a good always villain. always goes for the Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. He just and when he's on, he's on, and when he's crap, he's crap. But he thinks he's on all the time. He's just like a he's a less talented Joey Barton. Yeah, fair. Um, oh, let's move there. across the Merseyside to Liverpool because Liverpool are back and firing and look brilliant. I hope so. I think. Well, they beat Spurs three one. They beat West Ham three one as well. What do you well. mean you hope so? Where did and, that come from? Well, because we've been talking all year about how great it is being close, and all of a sudden I look at the league, Man City and I'm like, away. the City machine is gone into the distance. Okay, no, and if, fair if enough. They fair beat point, yeah. Liverpool, season over, and I don't want that. I want like we've talked about the fans and stuff being gone, and things are a bit crap. And what we have is the closeness. If we lose the closeness, we've got Man nothing. City going to the distance. We've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so we need that. Yeah, yeah, and it is it is Liverpool against Man City next Wednesday, I think. Yeah. Um, or no, no, it's no, next Sunday, it's Monday morning, our time, 3.30 mm. in the morning, which is huge. Um, but Liverpool were really good at the weekend. They got The win against Spurs was really good. Spurs were crap. Um, but against West Ham, some of their goals, like the second goal for Salah, where Trent Alexander-Arnold pings it across the road to Shakiri, And Shakiri pings it back. Salah just dinks it down and put it. It's so good. Did, did that... Instant, just for you know, when you, you just see something and you go, God, I love football, and that was that was brilliant. That was just one of those moments. And we talked last week about the things that are sort of making us a bit uh, 
disillusioned. Disillusioned with the game at the moment. Yeah, and, and I think all those things are real. But it was great to see... Um, I don't know if we'll have time to get to it. The Leicester-Leeds game from the weekend was another one of those for me. But the, yeah. this goal and just seeing that and then... It wasn't for me. It wasn't just that the goal was amazing, and I love Shakiri because he's a bit fat. And when yeah. he does stuff like that, like that is, you can't underestimate on the run how difficult that cross yeah. slash pass is that he's played. But that goal was two passes. Probably Salah had maybe three touches from so a West Ham corner. So it's from West Ham corner. It's like five touches, yeah. and yet, and that is you know one of the best goals we'll see this year. But it's so different to so many other great goals that we'll see. And that's what I love about football. That you, yeah. you, you, if you think nobody's ever seen a game of football, you try to explain um, you can have all these different ways to win or to score a goal, but they can all be equally as beautiful. That mm. goal just made me think of that. Ch- Chikiri's got it in him, though. <sighs> Sorry, that's such a cliche. Uh, he's got previous for doing that. I remember going to a game at Goodison Park where Stoke beat Everton 4-3. I'm not sure if anyone remembers this. The Kaku scores two goals. Talking uh, about Liverpool and you managed to get back on track. Yeah. Well well but but Shakiri scored one of the goals of the season. And it was a it was a first time cross lob shot that it so it came from left to right deep. He was on the right and he was probably 30 metres out. And it was just this crazy fucking first time looping ball, <laughs> just like he did, but it went in the top corner. It's like, did he even mean that? And just like when I saw this goal, I'm like how does well, he his, he's got his overhead kick at the, well, the World, World Cup, Cup. Yeah, so he's got it he's got it in him that bloke yeah but, I, but I just think Liverpool have got a bit of confidence back they've signed a couple of defenders um, Ben Davis from Preston who no one heard of until a week ago and now is the most famous <laughs> two million pound centre back in the world um, and Kabak I think it is from um, Germany on loan so they've got cover there and I think they they went through a bumpy patch and they didn't they weren't scoring but i feel like they've worked out a system now that works in the scenario they've got the players they've got and i think you see like milner goes off in the um west ham game gets subbed off and has an argument with klopp about getting subbed off and i like the fact that he has that argument because he's like no i want to win i really want to win and i think i can offer something i can do something 30 seconds later, Curtis Jones comes on and sets up Salah's first goal and they go ahead and they have a massive cuddle and a laugh about how great it is and how hilarious it is. But there's still, that for me showed that there's still hunger in that Liverpool team to win the league this season. And I think... Which is important. Three or four weeks ago, I was unsure whether that was there. I felt like they'd run out of energy. They wouldn't really care anymore. Klopp looked a bit disinterested. And I feel like they might have just all sat down and gone, hang on. Like if we don't sort our shit out, we're gonna disappear mm. out of this. But there's some, in, we, you know, and I also think there's an element of in this season we've talked about it, like the, um, yeah, we swing massively from having a bad time to having a great time mm. in such a short period. Yes. Yeah. Like it's literally oh, yeah. a crisis to um, everything's great in in a week. Yeah. But in the games in Liverpool's bad spell although they didn't well they didn't score in four games or something in yeah. every one of those games they had significantly more shots yeah. and you know if you go off xg or ever created more more chances <laughs> yeah. than their opponent so although they didn't necessarily have results and we talk about <clears throat> you know my and and I think there's definitely something it's not as straightforward as saying they missed chances because I think there are elements of their play that haven't been at the same level that we've seen them for two years um i don't necessarily think that there was a massive 
um, what am I trying to say? Like, the, I don't think the gap's huge. Mm. You know, I think it's it is tweaks, and I think the that desire is important. I think it's also things like you know, if um, Mane and if the front three are on, yeah. Liverpool are on, yeah. Or if, if one of them clicks, off, or if yeah. One, yeah, if one of them because they had Origi and Shakiri in the front three at the weekend, yeah. But Salah was on fire, and I think we forget. Oh, Mane was good at the weekend against Spurs. How good um, Salah is! He's the top scorer in the league. He's always brilliant, and it looks effortless. We never talk about him, no, and not just us. The whole football world just go, oh, he scored a way amazing goal, brilliant, well done. Spag it in the top corner, or and mm. he scores so many different goals. He's got to be in the top five players in the world, and maybe in the top three, and we just don't even care. And I think that's a bit <laughs> weird. Well, and, been, and do you know what the interesting thing is as well? It's now been for a significant period of time. Yes, because he was very good at Roma when, like, he wouldn't. He's obviously taken his game to a new level, but he was playing very well in Italy mm. um, and and I I agree with you yeah maybe, maybe is he underrated and it was nice to see um, yeah Alexander Arnold um, in both Back. games looking really good and um, you know getting forward a bit more because I just want to see him do well because he's so good I've got three options for you okay Spurs Leeds Chelsea uh, it's hard to talk about Leeds because their game this week hasn't happened yet our time so oh. they play Everton in the morning so no but they smashed Leicester at the weekend and were amazing and Patrick Bamford scored possibly his goal of the season it was a great goal on his left foot and as soon uh, as Jeff said not Leeds I've gone let's yeah. go Leeds uh, it, was, it was a quite un-Bamford finish like it's almost it's quite like violent like I just didn't expect him to do that no, like, no I didn't, I didn't think he necessarily had that kind of finish it was a very it. Salah finish it was yeah just turn it. smash it in the corner so uh, do you think um, uh, do you think Leeds have been good this year uh, in patches I think they've been very up and down I think when they get it right it's great but they have an ability to get it wrong and this is the first time they've beaten anyone in the top six but saying that as a Man United fan we haven't beaten anyone in the top six yet so I think it's fine margins but yeah. I think they're and because of the quality of their player which we've said is essentially largely championship quality yeah that you know it means that if you're not quite your best you're probably going to lose because they just don't they can't it, it's a it's all about the sum of the parts and so it, it, they can't rely on as as much on some individual brilliance because the you know the at an individual level the players aren't aren't as good but in this game it clicked and it was amazing because they like this was three one but it could have been so many more. Oh, like they just, seven, and the, the swarm was on. It and always you were can just, be more. And when, though, when the swarm yeah. is going well, like oh, it's so good to watch. And I mean, and Leicester played their part too. Don't you? Like, I think yeah. Leicester are a very good football team. Obviously, uh, and Didi and Tillmans didn't start together. And they didn't win. Uh, and they didn't win. Mm. Um, so we... <laughs> Brendan Rodgers afterwards did say, he came out and went, yeah, we've lost. We've had a good run. You're going to lose every so often. We can move on. And yeah. I think, that is a real smart way to deal with a loss rather than, oh, this oh it's crap. all over, oh, it's all over. Did yeah. this, the referee did yeah. that. What about this? And, and Leeds were brilliant. Like, yeah. you just have to, in that game, you just say, well done them. Well done them, yeah. So there, there was, um, you know, Talk Sport, the radio station in the UK. So yeah. Yeah. everyone calls up and has a whinge, whinge about it. There's a Leeds fan who called up and said, you know, Bielsa's basically run his course. Run oh, his Jesus. Run, yeah, 
get rid of him, miss too many chances, doesn't have a, a plan B, etc., etc. Another Leeds fan came on and basically his point was, after 20 Premier League games this season, Leeds are 15 points clear of the relegation zone, six points off Europe, same wins as Chelsea and Arsenal and more goals than Chelsea and Spurs. So fuck off. Yeah. That's a bloody great response. Because their uh, aim should still have been, however much we pundits put them in mid-table... I guarantee you their aim would have been to stay up. They were newly yeah. promoted sides, yeah. and yes, they were good in the championship last year, but they're the same what were they the year before. They're, it's not like they perfected... So were Norwich. Exactly right, yeah. yeah. Like- so as a newly promoted side, I think they're doing a phenomenal job. I think our expectation of them is Leeds in 2001. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So when we're judging them, are they good? Are they going to get the Champions League? Oh, shut up. Let's just like let them yeah. settle, shall we? Yeah, and I think everyone talked up the Bielsa thing and everyone thought, oh, they're going to be amazing. And I think where they are is great. And the fact you said there's six points off Europe, that's a really good position to be in. I think they've had a few injuries as well. Like I think um, Phillips being out for... Uh, he's, back, he's playing at the moment, obviously, but he's had a few spells out this year and I think he's really significant for them. And mm. they've had a few defensive injuries as well. I, do you know, I really rate their keeper... As well, yeah, the French um, guy I can't remember his name. Uh, the yeah, he's young, young, like he Lillian? looks about twelve. Yeah, um, but I've watched him a bit, and I think he's, um, but he looks really good. Like he's a bit, he's a find. Do you know what I also like about Leeds is that they played some. I can't, Messlier, is it? Messlier? Yeah, Messlier. Yeah. Their centre back, who he's not a centre back, but he's usually centre midfielder. And they just played him at centre back this week, and they played Dallas centre midfield, attacking number eight. He usually plays right back <laughs> or left back. Yeah, you can play there. <laughs> you, everyone, just, bomb on! Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like they just draw it out of a hat. Well, oh, I'm left back today. Well, okay, give it a go. Yeah, yeah I do it's, love just, it. it's those things that are different as well, and we. The sw- I've just enjoyed the swarm this mm. year, and when you see it, you, you sort of go, "Oh, here it comes!" Yeah, like, it's someone gets a like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, let's go on to Spurs because I just want to mention Spurs for two reasons. One, because Chris and Facebook mentioned the fact that uh, people are calling him the Portuguese Big Sam now, which I think is one of the greatest things <laughs> I've ever heard. Um, they lost to Brighton one 0 They lost to Liverpool three one, and the Jose Love. Is definitely over at Spurs, isn't the, it? And the Brighton one nil was could feasibly have been a Brighton four nil. Yeah, Brighton were brilliant and Spurs were awful. Yeah, proper proper awful. But Kane wasn't playing, was he? No. no. But, so they. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like they, they've been, you know, we've been waxing lyrical about Son and Kane and and how they link up without really giving much airtime to the fact that when they don't link up, they don't do anything. So if you take out one of those two. They're very, very limited. They're set up to release those two players. And it takes practice to learn how to do something else. So when Kane's not in, they've got no they've got no secondary function. I think the other big thing is that Riguillon is out at the yeah. moment. And he's been excellent this year. Like I have him close to being left back in team and season so far, I think. Like yeah. I think he's been really good. And I think Ben Davis... He had a spell when he was all right, but at the end of the day, a... no, he's a right-footed left-back that is defensively minded, doesn't give you much going forward. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, it's funny. Like we talked about with Spurs, as long as they're getting the results, everything's fine. fine. They stop getting the results very quickly. And it's interesting. I, as soon as the, I saw this result, I'm like, all I need is a, is Ollie and um, Arteta to, for things to go a bit wrong again which could happen, and my um, Hail Mary prediction 
of all four of them losing their men this year could still happen because <laughs> I, I mean I think Mourinho is now fairly close because I just don't I actually with Kane being out can you see things turning around the thing the Spurs have is they're in the League Cup final so they've made it to a League Cup final so they win a trophy Spurs is um, Jose's in charge they'll get to the final they play Man City who've won the League Cup for the last 74 years I think in a row if Jose wins that Again, he's got six months of it. Doesn't matter how awful the football is because they've just won a trophy and it's the first in 15 years. And Spurs years. never win a trophy. Yeah. So if he wins that one, he's got basically one game and that gives him another 18 months on his contract. Can I t- I've just started watching All or Nothing, right? Are oh, the documentary. The Spurs yeah, documentary. Yeah, I still haven't seen this yet. Yeah. I've watched I, oh, it. Oh, you've watched it? Yeah. No, I, I'm not going to. No spoilers, but Tio Pochino gets the sack and Jose Mourinho takes over. Um, <laughs> I feel like uh, you're you're seeing this window into Jose now. Now I, I remember it's strange because I'm watching it very late, and I remember after the documentary came out, there was a, a bit more love towards Jose Mourinho. It felt like we'd seen the human side, and yes, I'm watching it. And I'm seeing something completely different. I'm not. I'm not seeing this human side. I'm seeing a narcissist. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a, a very arrogant people manipulator. Yeah. Who who has no ability to connect emotionally or interpersonally with other human beings? Yeah. He knows how to connect with the egos of human beings. Yeah. Like he he knows how to have someone fight to to fulfil their own potential, but he doesn't know how to connect with their emotion of how it feels to win or lose. And he's a bully. He he's, is a bully. He's yeah. just a bully. He's a proper old school. I was bullied at school, and I look at him and go, "You're one of those pricks that bullied me at school." Like I don't like you. Fuck off. Can't yeah, stand. but I, I, do you know, there's also like, there's a Jose element. And I think if things start to go bad, it can go very bad very quickly with Jose. But I also, I look at the Spurs team and the Spurs squad. They're sixth in the Premier League at the moment, which is okay. Mm. I think that they're, that's probably where they're, where they're at. I mean, I think that... Um, Gareth Bale's uh, been a flop. For Gareth Bale's been a complete flop. Let's talk about that. But I think Ndombele this year has been excellent. Mm. He's a player. I don't know if we can give Mourinho credit for that. It might just be sort of second season and he's found his feet. But I think he looks like a real player. And him and um, Hoiberg, um, which I'm saying wrong, I'm sure. No, um, Hobier. Hobier. Yeah, <laughs> Hobier. Um, I think those two, you know, they, they should be in the middle for Spurs for, you know, the yeah. next several years. Like I think that they have both been excellent this year and as I said I think Reguillon has been good and then obviously Kane and Sun but I think outside of that um, you know I think the, the team is, is pretty weak and, and um, I don't know if Mourinho knows his best lineup at the back you know and, and even like Lloris is getting on Aldeveld is probably still their best centre back or what's it 33 mm. Bergvine has been a let down yeah, yeah I just, and, but, and I mean but where's Bale going to play for Spurs? He, just, I just Bale I, can't run. I, I wanted to see Bale be good because I and the, I sort of think of you with this, Jeff. Because we, when it first happened, we were a bit optimistic. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like we yeah. remember what Bale used to be like. But then that was now several years ago. Yes. So we're remembering a player that last or played like a long time ago. Why does that make you think of me? Because you just kept, you you were mentioning it that like, are they actually still good? That or players are, can get shit. Yeah. yeah. Or, are we just, or are we just thinking about when we last saw them, which was a long time ago. And unfortunately, I think Bale's that. Like he's, he hasn't got the pace um, the, and the explosiveness. And that was really his, 
You think that was of all, his thing. all the great goals and what Bale's done. Yes, he's got a good left foot, but pace is the is the key thing. Um, we're going to move on to side stories, <laughs> and oh, the first one I've got on here is Burnley because I wanted to talk about Burnley. Roger, there's a takeover at Burnley, um, which you mentioned on WhatsApp this morning. Uh, which looks like a really friendly, nice takeover that's going to be really great for the community in Burnley. Is that right? No, but it's oh. funny, and it, it has, that's what I thought. <laughs> like when it happened, I was like, oh, Burnley, you know, this is very un-Burnley. Like, uh, and I, it's, maybe it's because we've seen it happen, but whenever there's one of these, like, when there's a, a buyout by a foreign owner, you automatically think, like, oligarch, Lots of money, going to splash it around and buy all these players. Yeah, Burnley yeah. in the Champions good, League. Good times are going to roll in Burnley, and that's still kind of what I had in my head. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's not all like that. And <laughs> talk uh, me through this one. I I, don't, I haven't done my research on what's going on in Burnley. So they've been bought by a company called ALK Capital. Okay. That's it. It's not a good yeah. start. Just some letters and a name at the end. So, Capital. 170 million uh, US takeover. Um, now, um, the in where this gets very controversial, um, and I'm not going to pretend I know everything, but essentially, Bernie's been a very well run club. So, they have very little debt. Yeah, any. they've got zero. So, yeah. they've got zero debt, and they, they had about 50 million in the bank. Because essentially, Burnley never spend any money because they're always like it's always on this model that we're on borrowed time and we could go down to the championship at any yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and, and they've been run as a savvy business. So, uh, Mike Garlic um, had about 50% of the shares. Sorry, Mike Garlic. Mike Garlic, yeah. <laughs> That's his name. Yep. Garlic. So Garlic. He's, the, he's the chair, Burnley chairman. His brother, Steve Onion. Um, <laughs> No, and the other major no, obviously John, his brother would have the same surname. No, that won't work. Uh, John Bannersfitch, um, he had about thirty percent of the shares, so they're essentially Burnley, yeah. and they've you know they Burnley have been run very frugally, and so they yeah no debt and fifty million. Yeah. So although you sort of think of Burnley as being um, sort of struggling to survive, I mean they're a small club. They don't mm. have a you know. Um, they're Blackburn, Burnley, right next to each other. It's, they're not massive towns or cities. Um, you know, it's, they don't have a huge ground. Um, you know, their appeal on the world mm. stage is not great. There, no. So, but they got fifty million. Yeah. And then where this all gets a bit, um, where I struggle with this that this can even happen, is these guys that have bought them haven't actually bought Burnley with their own money. It's a leveraged buyout, which essentially means that they've taken a loan based on the value of Burnley and what Burnley could be to get the loan. the loan, and then they will pay the loan back through Burnley. Yeah. So it essentially means that from Burnley going to a position of being no debt, 50 million in the bank, they're now about 90 million pounds in debt. In debt. Because it's of the just, way that the takeover is structured. Well, this is exactly the same as how you buy a house. Yes. You, you have money in the bank, yeah. you go to the bank, they lend you a bunch of cash, you buy an asset which is worth a certain amount of money for more than you can afford, The bank, you pay the bank interest. And if you bought a house and rented it out to someone else, that rent will be paying back your mortgage, you make a profit out of it. That's exactly what Burnley have done. Yeah, it's a level. Yeah, it's a level. That's what Man United happened to Man United. Yeah. Obviously, the difference though is, Jeff, if you do that with your house... The only person that loses is you. 
So you're taking on the risk. Yeah, if I can't for, pay my mortgage, you, can't they, pay you take mortgage, my house you away. You lose yeah, your house. Yeah. If you do it with a football club, the f- and things go wrong, the football club goes bust. And that's not just you. That is everybody that's involved in the Burnley Football Club. And so I, th- I think it's, you know, whilst the mechanism is kind of like, there, there's, you know, similarities there in terms of the, the money, I think when you, the consequences are very different. So I don't, I, I think we have to be concerned that this is okay and this happens. Like it's just, just, well, it just it's doesn't just, sit well with me. No, can, it doesn't sit well, but it is just the way the business world works. It is. But it's a problem... It doesn't make it right, though. No, it doesn't make it right. And it's a problem with things such as football clubs, which are community-based entities, but they're also multi-million dollar businesses at the same time. Yeah. So you get this really weird, yeah. horrible mishmash of kind of going... So owner comes in, I'm a billionaire, don't really care, I see this as an asset that I can buy a thing. But in, at the bottom underneath that is this community club that people care about and love and have supported for hundreds of years and it's part of... Because Burnley are one of the so, oldest, so, in the, one yeah. uh, oldest clubs in the football league. But it's interesting because they're, they're making all the right noises, right? So these guys that have come in are saying, you know, we see... Of course they are, they've so, got a business plan. Yeah, yeah. And they've yeah. done it on the back. So Burnley are valued at 200 million, so that's mm. the, how they've been able to leverage the buyout and get the loan but they're saying you know we see potential of Burnley and we're going to invest all this money and da 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 but I, and I'd be really interested to hear as a fan what I mean you've been through it a bit with the Glazers but it's a yeah. bit different because Man United was so big that you, so, you yes. have that confidence that you can survive that and you'll yeah. make money it's almost like too too big to fail but I yeah. don't think Burnley Burnley aren't, too big to fail. Burnley aren't too big to fail. They have a fragile existence. But this, and, this is true. But would so, you be optimistic as a fan or not? Well, I, I'm, in, I'm in two minds about this. You're right, John. It, it's murky because it's the emotional side, the community side, the bit mm. that makes you yeah. feel good about football. I get all of that, but that's an intangible. You know, it's buying a business. So, so I, look, I understand it. I'm not going to negate that as a point, yeah. but it's not a, it's not a functional point in in a conversation like this. But would you would you rather someone from Saudi Arabia who had all their own money, but yet you had a moral objection to how they got it. So is it more is it more morally sound to borrow it from a bank just like you do your mortgage than it is to make no, it they out They haven't of... borrowed from a bank. They've borrowed from another shady person. Well, who's probably... but, but, but you, oh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. They've gone to a financial institution oh, and, and leveraged money. Yeah. So who, which, is a, which is a better position to be in? To, to have money that you disapprove of or money that is legally borrowed from an institution that can lend it? You'd argue that you prefer the Burnley model than the Newcastle buyout. Yeah. Even though Newcastle, from a community perspective, would have been better off. Yeah, and they had money that was actual money there. Yes, yeah, so you kind of have, yeah. to, have to... Yeah, it's a, I, I agree. It's very difficult because it is that... It's the two worlds collide of the we love football and it's like ingrained in the community. It's part of us all, but it's also a ruthless um, business. business. But yeah. I just, I, when I see stuff like this, I'm like, it doesn't have to be like this. Like we've, but it, we kind of, you know, we've made our bed, you got a lie in it. Yeah. It is the model now. Um, and it, money is the be all and end all. But I just, I don't know. I just see it. It just doesn't sit well with me because I can sort of see, I, See it with someone like a Burnley. With someone like a Man United, I was like, you could see it working. With someone like a Burnley, I don't. It could end in tears. I don't necessarily have faith that Burnley is suddenly going to be 
um, having money pumped into them and we'll see them on the world stage. Um, in other side stories, I want to mention one bad news story, which is just the amount of racism that's been on social media in the last week. Racists are cunts. Fuck off. Stop it. Stop hiding behind your fucking keyboards and being pricks. That's yeah. it. That's all I want to say. Yeah, come on, John. <laughs> well, well, well summed up. Yeah. Um, has anyone got any other side stories? Um, no. I was going to... We'll save it for another time. I was going to talk about the... Um, well, we're talking about money grabbers. The prospect of a European Super League raised its head again this week. Oh, but yeah, no, not, no, I hate not, that. I hate that story. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Nothing from you, Jeff. No, I'm just super excited about losing another end game. You so ready? Let's, for just, let's just jump right, straight in. Go. I'm ready. Okay, so this week's end game, I am games master. I'm on two points. Jeff's on zero. Roger's on two. Not just zero. I should probably be on minus points my, because of my performance. You've gone into administration. You're on minus yeah. nine points. <laughs> I've been bought out by Burnley's owners. <laughs> it's been bad for my so personal community. Okay, capital. So this. Okay, capital. You're right. It's gross, isn't it? <laughs> this week's question has forty-eight answers. Okay. Are you worried about us getting them all, or you should? Be? No, no. Um, can two, you two name? Lives? Yeah, two lives. You can have two lives this week. And Jeff, you can go first. Can you name the 48 stadiums in Ooh. English football that have a capacity over 20,000? So there is 48. Includes all stadiums. I'm looking for the stadium, not the team names, the stadium names. Uh, Goodison Road. Goodison Park. Yes. Oh, take his first answer. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Anfield. Correct. Old Trafford. Correct. St. James's Park. Correct. The Stadium of Light. Correct. Oh, shit, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, the Olympic Stadium. Uh, it has a different name. London Stadium, I think. Yeah, London's I'll give you that to you. You meant West Ham. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Etihad. Correct. Um, Jesus, um, I've got Blake. Ooh, uh, I keep going. You've got two lives. Yeah, don't rush, Rog. You've got two lives. Just think about all the stadiums in England. Uh, Ewood Park. Uh, Ewood Park is correct. Uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Correct. Um, I keep going to like hybrid. I'm like, no, 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 they don't play hybrid anymore. Um, let's go with Carrow Road. Uh, Carrow Road, yes. Uh, Villa Park. Yes. Uh, the City Ground. Getting deep into this. The City Ground is correct. Uh, the Emirates is correct. Should have probably gone for that after you yeah. said hybrid. Oh, no. yeah. That's what I got from. Ashton Gate. Um, Ashton Gate is on there. Bristol City's home ground. Uh, St Mary's. St Mary's is on there. Yes. Uh, St Andrews. St Andrews is correct. Did I say Stamford Bridge? No. Yeah, I'm sure he said that already. No, he hasn't said that already. That's correct. I'm sure he said that. He's not. No. Um, I haven't been writing these down. I forgot where we're at. The <laughs> I can remember them all, Roger. I know exactly. Uh, Molyneux. Correct. 
Oh, you just going uh, <laughs> look at the Ellen Road. Correct. Uh, the Amex Stadium. Correct. Oh, shit, that was my next one. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, okay. Let's go. Let's go down the leagues. Um. Twenty, you say twenty thousand or more? Yes, twenty thousand or more. Fratton Park. Correct. That is forty uh, seventh on the list. Twenty thousand eight hundred and twenty one. <laughs> uh, Craven Cottage. Craven Cottage Ooh. is on there. Yes, twenty five thousand. Oh Jesus! I think we've got every Premier League ground, haven't we? That's you, every, you're uh, missing no. a couple of Shush. Premier Leagues, uh, and you're missing the biggest stadium in the land. We said Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. Think about it. It's a bit of a big. You said the Etihad. Yeah, <laughs> England. Oh, oh come yeah. on! Oh, come How on. many more clues are you going to Yeah. Oh, oh Jesus! So come on! You can't go to Wembley. Yeah, but you can't give him an answer. Selhurst <laughs> Park. Correct. Uh, where did Burnley play? Are there, um, at the uh, what is it? A R K Stadium. Um, ah, shitting cunt fuck. Right, who plays in the championship? Quick game's a good game. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> this is um, good, this has gone on well. West Brom, where did West Brom play? Um, uh, oh, God damn it. This is harder than, than it looks when there's everyone's staring at you and the pressure. Come on. We're going to lose a life in 10 seconds. 10. Okay. 9. Um, 8. 7. Hawthorns. Yes, correct. Turf Moor. Uh, correct. We're running low now. Uh, <laughs> this is really tricky. Uh, the Kassam. No. The Kassam Stadium for Oxford is not on there, but you have two lives, Jeff. Uh, does Jeff have to go again or me? No, you. Uh, Bramwell Lane? Bramwell Lane is correct. Yeah, of course it would be. Um, how many have we got left? About 15. Oh. I haven't marked them all off. There's... Oh, no, I won't give clues, sorry. Um, but yes, championship is where you should be thinking. Yeah... Where did, where did Norwich play? You got it with Carrow Road. Oh, just looked at me play. with death eyes. Um, oh, I don't know. I give up. You're retiring? Yeah, I'm retiring. Loftus Road? Loftus Road is not on there. Oh, no. Rog. The major ones you missed was Hillsborough. No, no, no. no I've just got to get another one. All right. I've got to get another one, haven't I? Keep, keep your... It's not on here. That can't be right. They're in the Prem. No, they have a very small stadium. Hmm. Um, shit now all the pressure's on me ah oh, DW wait a minute what's going on you wait, can't wait, give wait, up wait, stop, then... stop 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 the Reebok Bolton what's happened to you retired your second life uh, so but then Rod's got it wrong so then I'll get another go no he hasn't got it wrong yet he did he got Loftus Road wrong yeah, so now it's my turn again okay yeah so what's the Reebok the Reebok does not Bolton Wanderers no it's incorrect oh 
<laughs> but that means you've lost your two lives. So. No, but Roger's still got to get it right. Still got to get one right. Um... Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> and I've gone blank, and I hate this. The pressure that kills you. Um... I've got one, Roger. Come on. <laughs> Run in. Give me the 10 second, John. Give me the 10 no. Um Everyone at home's going, this is the longest end game. Yeah, it is. This is the worst TV. It's good it's not a TV. <laughs> 10. 9. 8. 7. 6. No, I can't. It's gone four, blank. 3. Jeff, what have you got? Um, The DW. Correct. Yeah, come on, Roger, in your fucking fat face. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like you've lost in principle by giving up. But um, no, I just I just gave up my go, but then you got it wrong. Uh, so this is your last chance. Yeah. Um, and I've just gone completely. I think we tried. Correct. Jesus. <laughs> um, John Smith. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Oh, yes. <laughs> Still going. Four hours later. Yeah. There's got to be only a few left. There, yeah, there's very few left. A couple of random ones that you wouldn't think of. Well, I've just never heard of. Come on, Rog. Quick games are good game. <laughs> <laughs> Ten. Nine. No, I've gone. I've gone eight. Blank. Seven, six. What's fucking? Five, what's Bournemouth's ground? Four, three under twenty thousand. Tw- tiny, under 20, eighteen thousand. Yeah. Mm. Two. That. One. Two. Was the was the Britannia there? Uh no. Oh, that would have been me out, Roger. Because the Britannia is now called the Bet Three Six Five oh, Stadium. Yeah, I feel like a choke there. I had what three opportunities to. There win. was things like the University of Bolton Stadium, the Valley Stadium, MK. King Power Stadium, no oh. Leicester. Shouldn't got that. Yeah. Riverside, Hillsborough. Oh. Yeah, those are um, gamble. You need, I would just need the, I, yeah. I was going to look up the championship table, but I feel it's like cheating. that's yeah. cheating. Yeah. That is cheating. Um, well, we better go because everyone's been think, listening for four Jeff, hours. Jeff, you're now. on the board. Yeah. You're on the board, Jeff. John Smith's, come on. <laughs> like, where did that come from? Where did this I'm so excited. <laughs> um, thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back next week. Don't forget, if you want to get in contact or ask us questions about anything, just head to Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast.com. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. See ya.